so excited for today's episode. This is the first ever time that I've had a guest on the show and this is the first ever guest table talk on Please Don't Leave the Table. So I am so excited for you guys to hear this. Um, It honestly was such a great learning experience for me and I'm always trying to learn new things, um, explore different sides of mental health and I feel like you know, in the past, it's mainly been my experience, my perspective, my sharing, my stories. So I have absolutely loved giving that focus to other people, to talk about different things and to educate people on things that they might not know of. I did not know anything about this topic before speaking to Amelia or knowing of Amelia. And so I feel like the work that she's doing is so important to people who are experiencing the same thing as her and also to people who maybe have never heard about it but now can support a whole range of people who do experience this thing so I encourage you guys to keep an open mind I'm sure you'll love the episode anyway and that we'll all come away learning something new and having a new perspective and who doesn't love to be educated on something new so I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode and so honored to have her um, share her story and be so vulnerable and open with her experience with us so definitely go and support her I have all of her details in the show notes and yeah let's get into the episode I am here with a guest today and we're going to learn a little bit about her and talk about her physical health and her mental health but I'll let Amelia introduce herself so my name's Amelia and I'm on TikTok under Amelia's Migraine World where I talk about a chronic illness named chronic daily migraine which is a neurological disease um and yeah I just sort of talk about that the mental health side of it the life side of it and just educate people friends and family things like that um and have you always had this yeah so I ever since I was a kid I knew that I was a bit different like I struggled with friends or like wanting to go to school and stuff and it kind of picked up when I probably hit puberty and then my mum has the exact same condition as me, but she was sort of, in a way, probably in denial because she was like, oh, my God, I do not want my daughter to go through something like this. Mm. Like, it's horrible. And then I went to the doctors and they were like, oh, you're just a girl and you've hit puberty. Like, you're getting your period. This is why it's happening. <gasps> no. Yeah. And my mum was my biggest support. She was like, no. I have this condition, mm. I think she has it too, and we need to do something about this. And yeah, I got probably pushed down from the age of like 13 to 16 with absolutely no diagnosis. Mm. And then my doctor, who my dad actually knows, was like, I know this girl, this is like not normal. Mm. We need her to see a neurologist. And then I went to a neurologist, the first neurologist shut me down again and was like, there's nothing wrong with her, she's copying her mum. <gasps> I know. What? Yeah, it was horrible. Oh, my God. Um, and then I got a referral to a second neurologist, and she diagnosed me with chronic daily migraine. Wow. Yeah, so and like you were how old at this point? 16. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because, like, that was one of the things that I, like, wanted to ask about if people believed you, right? No, no one believed me. And it's, it's actually kind of shocking that it's, like, medical professionals who don't yeah. believe you because yeah. you're like, you should know this. And yeah. I don't know what this is, yeah. but 
you should know yeah, and you should crazy. believe me. Yeah, and especially because my mum has it as well. Like she knew the symptoms mm. and how it worked and everything was the same as her and she was like, she has it. I yeah. know she has it but no one believes me. Yeah. And it was like a very psychological thing. Doctors kept on saying I was copying my mum mm. like constantly. Yeah. When that wasn't the case. Like I was so young and in pain and being shut down like that caused damage. Yeah. It just made you feel like you're crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did that ever kind of play on your mind a little bit? Were you ever like, oh, am I faking it? Like, is yes, this real? Yes. Or were you kind of like, no, I can feel it, so yeah. I know what I'm talking about? Well, I'm a lot stronger now than I was when I was younger. Mm. So, like, because I was shut down so many times, I never really told my friends mm. about it. So they, like, that caused me issues in school with people thinking I was, like, an unreliable friend mm. or that I was bad at school and missing school with no reason. And the school actually was really angry at me for missing so much school. And they knew about my diagnosis as well, so that was really hard. But, yeah, I feel like now that I'm older, though, I don't have any issues with, like, communicating that. Yeah. yeah. And so, basically, from my understanding, it's that you kind of get a migraine every day. Yeah, so 24-7, 365 days a year. I am in pain, which is unfathom- unfathomable. Yeah. Like, people – it's really hard because people can't even, like, understand that that's possible mm. because being in pain is, like, the worst thing in the world, be it mental or physical. Yeah. And people are like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, well, I'm dealing with it every day. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. I have only had a migraine once in yeah. my entire life. Yeah. And that was the worst and it made me throw up. Yeah. So – I it's just like oh my gosh twenty four seven so do you have a migraine right now yeah I do I know it's crazy yeah but I have gotten a lot better so yeah. back in the day I would have spent like probably like four out of seven days in bed mm. but now that only happens like once or twice a month yeah but like for example my symptoms right now are like noise sensitivity light sensitivity yeah and then. For example, this morning I woke up and my migraine was worse because I had to wake up early because I was getting a stupid car service. <sighs> and that, like, being out of the routine yeah. makes it worse as well. So yeah. there's, like, lots of triggers. Yeah. Yeah. And are they, are they tied to anything? Like, do you experience anxiety as yeah. well because so of it? A big side effect of it is anxiety yeah. and, like, mental health in general. But yeah. I've only really struggled with anxiety because obviously, like, I need a really strong routine. Mm. And if something gets thrown off, that just means, like... Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you feel like when you're more prepared, it's better for you because you kind of know what to expect. Your body knows what to expect and it's like... Yeah. And if something comes up unexpectedly, that's always really hard for me. Yeah. And that's something, like, I've been working on Mm. because I need to be able to be more casual I guess yeah and but adaptive it's yeah. hard when you're in pain mm. and something so simple can set you off I guess yeah. yeah and is there like a scale do you kind of have like a level one migraine some days yeah. like a level 10 yeah. on others yeah so I'd say like for example 10 would be not being able to get out of bed throwing up crying yeah like the whole the whole yard yeah and then for example right now I'm probably at like a four yeah but every day I probably range from like three to seven wow like the pain scale and it's like you were saying it was like an invisible disease because I look at you and I'm like oh she's fine yeah right but then you on the inside are like I'm sensitive to this and I'm sensitive to that and this is what I'm 
and it makes it really hard in terms of like people remembering yeah like only certain people in my family and certain friends can even like see when I I'm in pain yeah because obviously there's no like physical representation of the disease yeah because it's in your head yeah but if people have known me for my whole life and mm. they can see my face and know like yeah she's in pain today yeah it's like, I, so I have something not similar. I was going to say similar, but it's not similar. I don't have any physical pain. But I have a depersonalization disorder, which yeah. means that sometimes I dissociate yeah. and it's, like, really bad yeah. or, like, really, like, mild. Yeah. I haven't had a really bad episode in, like, maybe a couple of weeks, which is really good. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where, like, I could be talking to someone yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm, like, blanked out. And they have no idea because they yeah. just think I'm, like, listening or yeah. whatever. But then I'm completely checked out. And so... Do you ever get, like, like in your head about it as well? Yeah, like definitely. When you're going somewhere, I can imagine you'd be like, oh, fuck, I have to go to this party or I have to yeah. go hang out with these friends or yeah. see this person and I don't know how my migraines are going to be. Yeah, it's caused me a lot of, like, I've lost a lot of friendships over it. Mm. Like, I only talk to two people from high school. Wow. Because people just see me as so unreliable. Yeah. But, like, those people who get frustrated – with me when I have to cancel plans that's on them mm. like if they can't understand that not everyone can do everything then they're not very good people yeah yeah, yeah. and I think that like part of you also feels bad right like yeah. on cancelling on someone it's not like you're like oh I feel lazy I don't want to go yeah. you're like I'm in pain and I also feel yeah. bad because like mm-hmm. you're not able to make someone's birthday yeah. or like you're yeah. cancelling on someone maybe half an hour before mm-hmm. it happens yeah and I feel a lot of guilt yeah and I've gotten better with that but it's so hard not to feel guilty or be seen as, like, a shitty person. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if I act that way, all it, all it looks like from the outside is unreliability. Yeah. yeah. And I guess also when you're with, like, someone for the whole day, for example, mm-hmm. do you ever feel guilty and you're like, oh, I'm kind of wasting their day because they're kind of just chilling with me and yeah. we're not able to do... I got rid of all my friends who don't like the way my life is. Yeah. yeah. And Which is a peaceful way to live. It's a yeah. very peaceful way to live. Like, I don't know. I think probably the hardest thing is um, starting relationships, mm. or, like starting friendships, mm. because you really have to get, like, pretty nitty into the details for them to understand what it's truly like. Yeah. Which can be a bit traumatic. Like, yeah. when I started dating Henry, yeah. I had to go over everything with him. Mm. And it's not what people want to hear yeah you know, I'm just like this new fun thing mm. that he's met and he's like wow she's like really nice but yeah I'm like yeah I am really nice but I also have this thing mm-hmm. and like my migraines can make me go like pretty crazy mm. crazy is not the right word I'd say it's just like <laughs> I get you though yeah emotional mm, yeah. and it pushes you to your limits mm-hmm. like being in pain it's like such a psychological battle yeah yeah and then for example like having a migraine every day you go through like waves of emotions Mm. so like you could be anxious and depressed and then have like an unstable high mood yeah because it's like your hormones are trying to make you better because because it's in your brain Mm. it's like your body tries to do anything to make the pain go away yeah but it's a very unresearched field Mm. like in the medical world so they don't like they don't know why i have it yeah. So you can go from being, like, super low, I guess, yeah. to really unstably yeah. high. Yeah, like, it's almost like having a manic episode. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and what does that look like for you? Like, what do you – do you have, like, a burst of energy and you're like, I want to go outside? Yeah, I normally, like, like, clean the house yeah. top to toe or yeah. do, like, things like that. Like, it, I wouldn't say it's damaging to, like, my health or anything, mm. but it's definitely 
like a lot of instability in my life because yeah. of this. Yeah. And especially when I was younger, I just could not regulate my emotions because of it. Like yeah. I'd be like crying, next minute laughing. Mm-hmm. Like it was really bad. But yeah. as, as I've gone through puberty mm-hmm. and like understand my personality more, yeah. it's gotten a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you have, because I guess females also have like their own menstrual cycle yeah. and everything. Yeah. When you go through your normal cycle, yeah. like, does your mic, like, yeah, does that it, interact? It's, yeah, it's really yeah. badly interacted. So, yeah, quite a lot of people actually have something called hormonal migraine, which right. is around the time of their period, they get really bad migraines. Fuck. And I have that as well as chronic daily migraine. Oh my god, but I'm on the pill, so I just skip okay. my period as many times as possible. Yeah, because they're probably some of the most disabling migraines, right? Yeah. Okay, so you can kind of like. Avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. That's Sorry. good. I've been on the pill since I was, like, 14. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And stop that. do you feel like that's – because I've also heard, like, good things, bad things about being on the pill yeah. for your hormonal cycle. Yeah. Do you feel those impacts as well? Yeah, I feel like – I don't know. I feel quite weird about birth control, mm. especially because I've been on it, like, before I was having sex. Like, yeah. Like, it was, like, a treatment. Yeah. And I feel like I don't really – I haven't lived with my own hormones before because yeah. they're regulated by the pill, yeah. which is complicated mm. in some ways. Yeah, because you started so young that I guess your body doesn't really – you don't know how it feels yeah, for your body to function it without it. Yeah. Wow. But, like, I'll go, the only reason why I'll go off birth control is to, like, have a child, yeah. which is pretty crazy. Yeah. But it's, like, that's the most effective treatment for mm. me in terms of my hormonal migraines. Like, yeah. if I wasn't on the pill, I'd literally – in bed for a week yeah yeah like every month wow. which is like unsustainable obviously. yeah yeah and it does cut into the middle of I guess relationships friendships yeah. uni work yeah. yeah um which can be a bit hectic so on the topic of kids mm-hmm. do you want kids in the future are you like undecided yeah it's hard because so my mum has three children including yeah. And I'm the only one who has the condition. Right. And okay. in my family line, it was my great-grandmother, mm. my mum mm-hmm. and me who have it. Um, and there's no real technicalities of, like, if you'll give it to your children or not. Yeah. So, for example, on my dad's side, there's no chronic daily migraine. Mm. There's, like, allergy-induced headaches and stuff. But right. I didn't get any of that. Okay. So, like, I do want to have children. Mm. And I really hope I don't pass it on. But... By the time I have children, there'll be better treatments out there. Yeah, and also I think in your story, it sucks that you've got it. It sucks that your mum has it, yeah. but you probably found your mum to be such like a pillar for you yeah, she's during like that time. Yeah, she's literally the strongest woman I know. Yeah. And knowing that she could raise us, I'm like, I can raise my Yeah, kids. you can do yeah. anything. Love yeah. that. Oh, I love that. That's so wholesome. Yeah, it is wholesome. It's cute. Um, And I guess are there triggers – with your other senses, like smell yeah. or, like, temperature yeah. that can also trigger so, it? So, for example, this is one that gets me a lot, mm. car fresheners. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're also really strong for, yeah, like, no so reason. Yeah, they're so strong because yeah. they sit in, like, hot cars and then yeah. they just get worse and worse. But, oh, my God, getting into an Uber or, like, some <sighs> random's car With and they have freshener. an air freshener, I'm like, fuck me. Like, yeah. this is my day and probably the next two days ruined. Oh, my God. Because it's such, like, an artificial smell. Mm. And then 
heaps of cologne on a guy, mm. like even walking past him in the store, yeah. that would get me. Yeah. Um, really loud noise without knowing there's going to be loud noise. Right. So like a festival's fine, but if I was to be trapped in a restaurant and for some reason they're playing really loud music, that gotcha. would get me. Yeah. And then flashing lights, but then again, I can like, if I know things are going to happen, it's okay. You come prepared. Yeah. yeah. But the best way to look at it is equilibrium, which is like. It's like as if you're looking at a straight line and that's what your normal is. Mm. So, like, for example, every day there's things that are out of my normal yeah. and that's what gets me and my body needs to stay in equilibrium, but it can't. Mm. So if I go out and I tell myself, okay, Amelia, today you're going to go out and there's going to be alcohol, there's going to be noise, there's going to be socialisation, yeah. it'll be okay. But if I get thrown into that, my body's going to be like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And so... That was another thing. When you're going out, do you have, like, limits on how much alcohol you drink? Are there drugs that you won't do? I yeah. mean, all drugs are illegal here, but, I mean, no yeah. one's going to be listening. Yeah. So, so I, with drinking, mm. I will sacrifice, like, the next day if I want to have a good night. <laughs> yeah. It's just something that I know I need to do. Yeah. Because um, alcohol does give me a really bad hangover, mm. which is actually good because it is a pain suppressant. And if it didn't make me hungover... I could use it as, like, self-medication. Right. Yeah. And in terms of drugs, for example, like, marijuana mm. doesn't help my migraines, but it's a treatment in Australia. Okay. But, yeah, because I was talking to my neurologist about it recently, and she was really funny. She was like, have you ever, have you ever tried, like, marijuana? <laughs> and I was like, why are you asking me this? Yeah. Like, this is really weird. And she's like, you're not going to get in trouble. Like, you could just try it medically. Mm. And I was like, I've tried it, and it doesn't work. She's yeah. like, are you sure? And yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, fuck. And then that'd be such a cool like excuse. To I know it's so week. funny. And in yeah. terms of other drugs, I try to stay away because it can really. There's something called neural pathways in your brain. Yeah. And it's the way you receive um, outs like outside stimulus. So okay. like, if I was to take MDMA for example, mm. it could really mess with my neural pathways, and it would mean my medication doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And what medications are you on? Yeah, so I'm on birth control. Yeah. And then I'm on a needle once a month called Zoli. Okay. It's a CGRP inhibitor and it basically, like, does something with something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this. It's you have CGRP in your body and then yeah. I inject the CD, CGRP inhibitor yeah. and they bind together and it's supposed to stop the sort of pain that is triggered by a migraine. Wow, okay. And... That's been the most successful medication I've ever taken. Right. And, like, I should be on antidepressants and anti-anxieties. Yeah, I was going to say, for your mental health, do you have anything? But I don't take them because I'm highly sensitive to side effects. Okay, yeah. And I have been my whole life ever Mm. since I started medication. And I've had really bad experiences in the past with, with some antidepressants. Yeah. And it's just, like literally scarred me like so bad they made me so depressed yeah Um, and that is what it is like because I am on um like a tricyclic antidepressant which is I guess not the ones that you typically get given because they're actually for nerve pain which is really weird but they actually help my oh what one is it it's amitriptyline I've been on that yeah yeah I actually love it I'm on a really high not really high but I'm on a much higher dose than I was before yeah um, I was on 10 milligrams to start with. Everything was fine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I had like a bit of a breakdown and I was like, I don't want to take these anymore. Yeah. And I yeah. just threw them out and kind of like cut it cold turkey. Mm-hmm. And I would, I thought I was fine for like a while. Yeah. 
um then obviously I got into a relationship and I was just like oh like I have like something else to think about yeah. so I'm not really thinking about my mental health or anything yeah. and very quickly I started to yeah. like decline just because I cut it cold turkey yeah, yeah um, you should not yeah I know I'm yeah. like I feel it now and yeah. and now I'm on 50 which is like a lot higher yeah um and I think I missed three days because I was traveling and I forgot my medication oh, and it was shit. like the worst three yeah. days ever. So I, I kind of like, I feel for you in the case of like, sometimes your medication, yeah, like it works and yeah. sometimes it really doesn't yeah. and it can be the make or break between yeah. how you move forward. Yeah. Um, what antidepressants did you try? So the one that caused me the most issues was called Topamax. Yeah. Um, I was on it when I was quite young. It was probably when I was 16 to 17. Mm. And I really really struggled with my mental health because of yeah. that and um that age is a really big part of your um puberty yeah and I basically do not remember like a year and a half of my life because mm. of that medication right and it just made me like so depressed like so yeah. suicidal like I was suffering yeah and I couldn't tell anyone because mm. I was so like unaware of what was happening that I couldn't put it into words yeah so like no one knew and then one day I went up to my mom I don't even remember what I said and she was just like we need to go and see a neurologist yeah um and I went off it but like I had to go to therapy to get over like the damage because it was horrific and in that time I lost like my whole friend group because I was just so out of my mind like I didn't Mm. even know what I was doing I can't remember that time Mm. um and I started dating my ex-boyfriend during that time. Mm. And I think I had this, like, false sense of security yeah. because of the relationship, which made me feel, like, safer. Mm. So I couldn't see what was happening to my mental health because of it. Yeah. And I think that because relationships are kind of like, they, like, liken them to drugs almost. Yeah. You kind of have, like, a new fixation yeah. for a little bit yeah. until it, like, sinks in. Like, once your relationship gets a bit more stable, mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, fuck, like, my mental health isn't yeah. where it needs to be. Um, yeah, I agree with that. One. Yeah. yeah, and you, yeah, I, I feel like, for me, like the first six months, I, I feel like I was living on a cloud. I was like, I'm not yeah. even sick anymore. Like yeah. maybe this was like all in the past, and then it came down on me so heavily, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize it had been this bad. Yeah, yeah. and I even now, still, I have like some work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with having work. Yeah, to do. it's fine. But I have found that like struggling with mental health from a relationship it Mm. can be like a false cure in a way for quite a while because of the sense of security Mm. and it's like I wouldn't have even dated my ex-boyfriend if I wasn't on that medication right like I just didn't have my head screwed on right like during that time I did quite a bit of acid Mm. oh wow yeah that's hardcore and that's like I was very young yeah um but I was around those sorts of people and um you're not supposed to mix antidepressants with LSD. Yeah, yeah. And I had a really, really bad experience on New Year's Eve where I just got way too high on it. And I don't know, like, I'm, like, not a drug person Mm, at all. mm -hmm. So it was just, like, all this stuff happened because of this medication. Yeah. And because of my immaturity levels. Yeah. But I've always been a mature person, so my parents were sort of like, what is going on with you? Yeah. This is really weird. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. when you're younger, I think, to pick up on it. Because yeah. you said you went, like, a whole year and a half without yeah. even realising. Literally. And it's hard because I think during that time, so many things are changing yeah. about you. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going through puberty and I'm, like, getting older. Yeah. That you don't realise, like, what's right and yeah. wrong. Like, now, obviously, if you were to get on a medication that you know isn't mm-hmm. right for you, you're like, 
I have a better sense of self and I know that this isn't yeah. a good change. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But yeah. when you're younger, you're kind of just like, oh, maybe like this is just like growing up yeah. and not necessarily what you're on. Yeah, and for example, like one of my really good friends, Liv Hatch. Yeah. We've known each other since primary school. She's living in Wollongong as well. Yeah. Like she knows who I am completely. Mm. And if she sees me acting different, she'll be like, maybe you should like go back to your neurologist and yeah. talk about the medication you're on mm. and like the same with Henry like I think Henry and Liv they're the people who like are allowed to be like no you're acting really mean like yeah. you need to go and get some more help because they know like you that. through and yeah, through they yeah. know me and people didn't know me back in the day because I didn't open up about what was going on mm. so people were like oh this girl's like not got her head screwed on yeah and I feel like it can also um like communicate to other people that you're like unapproachable right because yeah. like if you're having a migraine you're obviously not smiling yeah. or like you know yeah being super like hey come talk to me yeah so people might be like oh she's a bit standoffish yeah. or like and I still I still get standoffish like yeah. people always say I'm quite intimidating yeah or like that I know what I want yeah and if that person isn't what I need at that time mm. like, they're not gonna be a part of my life yeah and I'm learning to be more approachable yeah but I think it's just part of my personality. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I also feel like in getting to know you a little bit more, like yeah. even now, I'm just like, oh, like she's so lovely. <laughs> but it's it's just because like you've opened up to yeah. me, right? Like yeah. Yeah. I think anyone can be like, oh, I don't want to really talk to this person yeah. without knowing yeah. them. Yeah. I think everyone's sort of like, um, they're sort of like, they see me and they see me as unapproachable and then they get to know me and they're always like, oh my God, she's so nice. <laughs> you're so different like, than what I thought you'd so be. so different. I can't even remember when the first time I met you was. Yeah, I can't remember either. I would have been really nervous, so it would have been yeah, like the same. But it's yeah. also like when I get introduced to someone, I'm just like, oh, hey. Yeah. yeah. I'm not good at like putting in the effort in situations like that. And I think <laughs> that's genuinely just my own fault for like yeah. not really caring. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just like a little bit socially awkward. So sometimes yeah. around new people, I'm not going to talk yeah. as much. Oh, I'm so but socially yeah. awkward. I yeah. can't help it. It's just, just who I am. It's life. It's life. And I feel like after like trying if people try with me and they you know a, a bit patient and yeah. let me open up like yeah. it's fine yeah same seeing you now I feel like you have a more level-headed approach yeah definitely um, and you're like kind of like oh like this is my life and I've accepted it and yeah. this is how everything works around it how would you kind of console or comfort the younger version of you or maybe anybody else who's listening who might have the same yeah. thing um well, what would you tell that person so for example I think probably like the hardest year for me was when I was 16 mm. and now that I'm posting on TikTok about my lived experience mm. I have these like 16 year old girls messaging me and like asking oh. me questions mm. and I'm like oh my god like mm. I am the person that they never had yeah and I think the most important thing is that like I was never really told that I was still normal mm. and I just always always felt like an outsider and I was in a way because no one understood me. Yeah. And it took a long time for me to even be able to communicate mm. how it actually is. Yeah. And I think something really important, this goes for anything as well. It's like, just tell your friends what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And you don't know, when you are in pain or when you're struggling with your mental health, you don't actually know what that outsider perspective, like outsider with witnesses seeing yeah yeah because you could think you're being completely normal and completely level-headed yeah but you could be walking down the corridor and you have a scowl on your face mm. or you're holding your head down but it's just it's really hard to be younger and dealing with mental health or dealing with an illness yeah. because 
you don't even know who you are yet. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that would be something that you struggled with. It's like... So much, And yeah. it's, it's really hard to come into your own skin when you're struggling with something that yeah. makes you feel like you're not the same as everyone else or that you're just different in mm. a way. And growing up is hard already. Yeah, literally. Like, even just this brutal transition from like high school into university yeah. and like soon we'll be in the workforce and yeah. it's it's a lot it is on a lot. everybody it's like a massive thing yeah and I think it's important to remind yourself if you are struggling that you have this other hurdle mm. that you have to jump over all the time yeah and you are doing a good job yeah and like progress isn't linear mm. no matter what people say yeah and just because one person succeeds in a way mm. that you see as success it doesn't mean what you're doing isn't success yeah because I I I feel like you're doing like a lot of good work I mean when I saw you on my for you page I was like oh my gosh (laughs) let me like learn a little (laughs) bit about this and it was so interesting because like what we were saying before I might just be like oh like I know of Amelia but like I've never had a conversation with her and then through kind of scrolling on your TikTok page I felt like I knew a little bit more about you and I was like this is so interesting and it's something that I've never heard about before yeah and you're like the first person I know who yeah, has it. Yeah. I think it's really weird how so many people who I come into contact with see my TikTok but don't know about it in real life. Yeah. Which is really weird because, like, for example, I used to have people coming up to me at Patch mm. and stuff like that and being like, oh, my God, like, I had no idea that you had this. I'm yeah. so sorry. And in a way that's quite confronting for me because, like, I try to keep it more open mm. but it's still like a – complicated thing to tell people yeah yeah and do you now have like wider respect for it I guess like at work and stuff do people legitimize the fact that you've got it or are I, they just like oh, she just wants I to actually get don't tell people I have it at work really? which is quite hypocritical to <laughs> what I do on TikTok yeah but I just like know that people in that sort of field won't listen yeah in the way that they need to yeah and I haven't taken like many I haven't called many days in sick Mm. since starting what do you do for work I work at a Chinese restaurant as a waitress yum yeah love that quite fun yeah but yeah I don't tell people at work I haven't told my manager or my boss really what's going on because it's complicated and it makes me seem unreliable Mm. and in like the casual and part-time workforce at this stage you don't really have that much protection in terms of workers rights yeah no matter what people say yeah yeah because you can get fired and they'll get they don't have to give a reason Mm. so it's like if I I know I should yeah but there's nothing they can even do yeah like I don't know it's it's complicated and it does make it really difficult because I remember like I've got like several jobs yeah but um I like one of them is in retail and I remember just being like hey like I am going through like a really rough time and this was kind of when I like the fog had lifted from me being in a relationship to like oh like I have my mental health to work through that I kind of was like okay I need to take a break and I was like hey like is it okay if I take the month off just to get myself together and they're like yeah no absolutely like that's fine and then you also have other managers who like if you're feeling particularly anxious on a on a day yeah you might be like hey like i'm not feeling so Mm -hmm. great and they're like well we're understaffed and they kind of make it like your problem they make it that there's nothing you can do and if you do take time off that's like you're putting everyone else in a hard position yeah 
that's what I mean with like finding it hard to communicate. It's like yeah, once I get told that, it's like oh fuck, well I have to work. Yeah, like, what was the point of that conversation? I just feel shut down. Yeah, and I think it it makes it then harder to tell more people because yeah. if you have an experience the first time that's a negative one when yeah. you tell someone that you're going through something yeah. it shapes how you think every other interaction's gonna go yeah yeah and yeah. when you tell your friends that like hey I have this mm-hmm. like thing that I suffer through every day yeah. and they're kind of like oh that's like that makes you unreliable you think yeah. that everyone's gonna have that narrative about yeah, you when exactly. you open up yeah. yeah and I think like it'll get better when I go into like the real world yeah with the workforce but right now it's like casual and part-time it's not really yeah a place where accommodations can be made anyway yeah yeah wow and do you feel like there are I mean I think other than faking it yeah do you think that there are any other like negative stigma yeah so things surrounding that one thing is drug addiction so with having a chronic pain disorder there's a lot of issues with drug dependency right um self-medication yeah and things like that because um there's honestly like not a lot of medication out there that helps the pain it's more about helping the symptoms gotcha so for example valium works really well for me Mm. um because when i have a really bad migraine i also get really bad panic attacks right okay really really bad panic attacks so i can't sleep i'm just like crying Mm. and valium is the only medication that works for that right and valium is highly addictive yeah so like i can't get prescribed it even really? though it helps, yeah. And so you can't even, like, I guess not take it every day, but just, like, when it's bad, you can't yeah, at can't. all. Yeah. Wow. Because when you have a condition like this, the yeah. chance of drug dependency and drug addiction it's is high. so much higher. Yeah. And, like, in my family as well, we struggle with drugs. Right. So, which my neurologist knows because yeah. of family history. Yeah. So it's like that's like a, even less of a chance of yeah. being prescribed. It's like more of like a red flag, like n- not even to go near that kind yeah. of thing. I guess the last question is how do you feel about the community that you've created through TikTok and where can people find you if yeah. you want to like plug yourself again? So I'm on TikTok at Amelia's Migraine World and it's been such an amazing experience mm. and it's pretty crazy because I have BCM to thank for that yeah like doing this degree communications and media and I'm majoring in digital and social media yeah I just made it randomly and this was during lockdown first year so okay. 2021 I think yeah and it was like at this time I wasn't open about it like none of my uni friends really knew like yeah it was like very random random of yeah. me to do um and slowly but surely things started to grow and like I don't have that many followers like I only have 5,000 followers on TikTok I love how you were like only (laughs) it's not many when you think about like the real famous people on TikTok but yeah I mean they start from somewhere yeah I'm in a niche but for example like I'll read you a comment I meant a message I got the other day oh my gosh please do and I feel like this is like an example of like why I need to keep on doing what I'm doing yeah also, because I guess before we were also talking about, like, before we started recording, um, we are talking about how you can get into, like, a rut, right? Yeah. So, like, is this something that yeah, brings you... Yeah, this is you something that brings me back. Yeah. So, this person DM'd me on Instagram from my TikTok. Cute. And she said, hi, I've been following your TikTok for a while now. The reason I come on here is to tell you that because of you, I found the courage to go to the doctor again. After years of gaslighting, I finally met a doctor who listened to me and gave me a diagnosis chronic daily migraine that instantly changed my life 
I just want to say thank you for what you do and thank you for spreading awareness. It changes lives. Oh my god! I know. Did you cry? I would yeah, have cried. I was like sitting there and I was like, oh, like it makes sense. Now. Yeah, yeah. And I get probably like four of those messages a week. Wow. Yeah. And it just pushes me so much because, like, when I was younger, I didn't have. I didn't have anyone. Like, I had mm. my mum, but she was, like, an adult, so... Yeah, and it's also, like, your mum. It's also my mum. Like, I'm always going to have my yeah. mum. Yeah. Um, and it's just actually insane to me, especially, like, it's it's pretty shocking. Like, people shouldn't have to be fighting this much for a diagnosis yeah. that's so obvious. Yeah. Like, but it's really inspired me. Like, I want to go into the field of work, like, advocating with people with mm. chronic illnesses and, like, especially, like, women mm. who suffer with chronic illnesses yeah. because, like... On top of everything else, we get pretty bad treatment in terms of like medical. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so wholesome. No, I love that. I, I feel like that's definitely like a good push and also like affirmation that you're like doing, doing the right thing. Because yeah. I think sometimes you can just be like, oh, what's the point of this? Yeah. Like, I might just stop. But then I guess hearing that you mm. are kind of like the thing you wish you had. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like you and like I show my mum. Like the comments I get on my TikTok when I go home, and she cries every single oh, time. That's so and cute. especially for her, it's really impactful because when she was a teenager, she had absolutely no one. Like yeah. she didn't know anyone who had it. No Probably one spoke no about information it. No either. information. Yeah. Like completely different circumstances. Mm. And she looks at me, and like she always says, "You're so much stronger than me." Blah blah blah. Which I don't believe mm. in. Yeah. And then she sees what I've done, and like she's really proud of me because both of us didn't have like a support circle growing yeah, up so yeah. it's been like very healing yeah I'd say oh I love that yeah. well thank you for coming on and for educating me and everybody else yeah. on this um hopefully we'll see you again yeah thank you for That'd having so me that was this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in and for your time I want to give another massive thank you to Amelia for coming on and sharing her story I had so much to learn from that and I'm sure everyone has had something that they've taken away from that um I think it's so interesting to consider the link between physical and mental health because it's so important and it definitely exists and so I'm really looking forward to having more guests on the show and people with different illnesses and experiences because I just think that there's so much to learn and so much to understand and find like commonality with so yeah thank you guys for listening Amelia's details on her Instagram and for TikTok as well will be in the show notes if you want to go and follow her journey and learn a little bit more about her story in a bit more depth. I love you guys and I will see you in the next episode.